a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and I want to go back to a conversation I had uh, about a year and a half ago with uh, former Senator Joe Lieberman, uh, Democrat and Independent uh, from Connecticut, of course, former vice presidential candidate. And we talked about uh, a number of things. Uh, talk about someone who had to show political courage. Uh, remember, it was Joe Lieberman that in the midst of the Monica Lewinsky, Bill Clinton affair, uh, it was Joe Lieberman, a Democrat, a supporter of President Bill Clinton, who went to the floor of the United States Senate and called on the president to resign from his own party. That required some political courage. And I wanted to find out his process about that. So I asked Senator Lieberman to walk us through uh, what led up to the speech he delivered against the president of his own party on the floor of the United States Senate. So, you know, when, when the facts of the Clinton-Lewinsky scandal broke, I mean, I was just honestly heartbroken because I'd been an early... I, I knew Bill Clinton since he was at Yale Law School, and I had just graduated and was beginning to practice law in New Haven. He actually helped me in my first campaign and a primary for state senator in New Haven. I was all of 27 years old, and uh, we won. So uh, I helped him in 92. I thought he was a really effective president. When this came out, I was just horrified. And uh, But, you know, I, I was home. It was summertime, and uh, it was bothering me a lot. And then I'd go out. Actually, my family and I took a vacation on the Connecticut shore for a while. I'd just walk along the beach or at the supermarket or the movie theater. People kept coming up to me. You have to speak out about this. You know, you've been uh, criticizing the entertainment industry for um, messages about sex and violence that go to kids. And how can you stand by and let this happen? And honestly, it got it got to me. And uh, it was one of the harder decisions I'd ever made to get up and make the speech I made uh, condemning uh, President Clinton's behavior and, and appealing to him to uh, acknowledge more responsibility than than he had and, and basically his guilt. But I but I knew in the end I had to do it and and. And, uh, you know, come what may, I had no idea what the impact would be. But you come to certain points where you say, well, why am I here? Why, why have I been blessed or privileged to end up as a U.S. senator and not to sort of stick a uh, cloth in my mouth when I feel really in that case, and I don't want to overuse this word, a moral responsibility. So that was my conversation with uh, former Senator Joe Lieberman. Uh, and again, that uh, you, you do get to that point, and sometimes our politicians don't get to that point where they ask themselves, why am I here after all? If I'm always living, uh, the, the phrase I heard most in Washington was, well, we have to give in on this one so we can live to fight another day. And for so many members, it became live to surrender another day and stay in office another day, as opposed to to fight another day. And it, it does take some real political courage to to stand up, especially when you're standing up to your own party, to your own people. One of the other things that uh, jumped out at me from my conversation with Senator Joe Lieberman uh, was this talk about compromise. Uh, we always complain about conflict in Washington. We talk about corruption and collusion. But there is this thing called compromise. And Senator Lieberman shared with me where he learned that. And it was very early on. He was just a, a young kid in Connecticut. 
and uh, he learned an important lesson about the integrity of compromise. Abraham Rubikoff, senator from mm-hmm. Connecticut, and uh, he was a model for me in many ways. Uh, just the kind of person we've been talking about. Uh, he once uh, gave a speech which, in which he called uh, the integrity of compromise. In other words, the compromise in a democracy is not uh, dishonest. It's a way to get something done. It's not to really compromise your principles, but uh, to just uh, not, not expect to get 100% every time. Yeah. You have a piece of legislation because if you demand 100 percent, you'll probably end up with zero percent and everybody, everybody suffers. All right. Again, that's my uh, conversation from last year from uh, former Senator Joe Lieberman. And I just love the framing of that. The integrity of compromise. Uh, there there is collusion in Washington. There is conflict in Washington. There is corruption in Washington. And there is still space in Washington for the integrity of compromise. It's not about compromising your principles. It's about getting expectations and looking at legislation and how you actually move it forward. And that takes political courage, and we need more of it. All right, we're going to step aside for top of the hour news. Hour number two is going to be fascinating. Uh, We're going to pick up and focus on the president's trip abroad. We'll uh, lean into his speech a little bit, see how that's moving forward. Dana Perino uh, from Fox News is going to join us as we move along. And uh, our own Scott Mitchell is going to talk to us about Coach Jim Fossil. Stay with us. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.